Lord, we stand in the reality and the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, the grave is empty. You are alive. You conquered sin, hell, the grave. No power in all of hell can come against you, Lord. And not only have you been raised up, Lord, but you have raised us up. Those who are in Christ are risen with you, Lord. Lord, we have a hope to look forward to. Uh, our, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This world has no hold on us, Lord. This world is passing away, Lord. But Lord, you have rescued us. You have redeemed us. You have given us new life. Our future is in you. Our past has been covered, cleansed, buried, restored, renewed, Lord. And we are born again in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you praise, Lord, that though there are many of us, even here today, who are weary, worn out, life has dragged us down, things in the news, things in life are difficult, Lord, but you have overcome those things. And you say, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, may we come to you, Lord, in faith, not just in motion, not just in religious obligation, Lord, but may we individually and as a group, Lord, come to you in faith. Lord, I love what your word says, that you said, behold, I am making all things new. Lord, we need some newness today, Lord. God, we need something new, Lord. There's things going on in our lives and the world that can drag most people down, Lord. And it looks like the, that, that Satan is winning, but he is not, Lord. He is a desperate being. Because you ultimately, Lord, are King of kings and Lord of lords. And you say, behold, I am making all things new. You even are making a new heavens and a new earth where there is no death, there's no dying, there's no disease, there's no heartache, there's no sorrow, none of that. No more tears. Lord, we look forward to that, Lord. But today, Lord, we need strength for today, God. Because you have given us, uh, a, some of us aren't promised tomorrow, Lord, but each day, Lord, is a new day with you, Lord. And so, Lord, it be that we look to our shepherd, who is our protector, who is our provider. Lord, may you encourage us. Lord, may you fill us with the spirit of joy. The scripture says that in, the, in God's presence is fullness of joy. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon us and that he would bear fruit in our lives, Lord. Be the lifter of our heads, Lord, the encourager of our heart. Let us look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God, we look to you today, Lord. We love you. We trust you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would supply what is needed in our hearts today, Lord. The encouragement that we need and the hope, Lord, to keep looking to you, Lord, because you, you took our place on that cross. And because you died, and because you were sacrificed, and because you shed the blood, and because you were buried, and because you were risen again, Lord, those of us who put their place, place their trust in you will never have to experience the eternal separation from God but we can experience the abundant life that you have promised. Lord, now, Lord, help us to experience that and to live that by faith, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. You know, sometimes we, you know, we go through the motions and stuff, and, and, and every single one of us needs that encouragement from the Lord, you know. And the Lord, the Lord said, my word is not changed. I'm still the same, amen. And, you, and each time you, you, you face a new thing, it's overwhelming. It's, uh, you, have to, you have to say, Lord, but what about this? And God says, I'm still the same. <laughs> I'm still with you, you know. And there's no, this side of heaven, there's never come a time when we're not going to experience some affliction and trial and tribulation. But our God is faithful. Amen? And what we experience in this life is like that, and the span of eternity is gone. So let's get our hope on Jesus. Amen? Yes. Amen. Okay, I want to do something. We started something last week. I'm going to continue, and then we'll go back. So I want you to go to Genesis 45. We're just going to start there. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, you're going to be, uh, we're going to book up. We're going for a ride, okay? Because it, this kind of ties in with where we've been in, in Genesis. So Genesis 45, I want you to start there, right? Genesis 45, Joseph, Joseph's at the beginning of the story of, of Israel, so to speak, right? Because the, the 70 that go down to Egypt are going to become the nation. But I'm going to start off right here and then launch off into, uh, into uh, to the sermon here. But in Genesis 45, again, he says to his brothers... First of all, is everyone okay? You guys with me? Okay. All right. Genesis 45, um, he reveals himself to his brothers. And look at verse, verse 5. So do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me here to preserve life. Skip on down to verse 7. So God sent me before you to establish for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive for a great number of survivors. Now, last week, I talked about that Israel is here to stay. Okay? Uh, that was, that we looked at, that was the main point. It was Israel, God is not done with Israel. Okay? Now, the question is, why? What's the role of Israel? Okay, now this is going to play a part of the entire Bible. Okay? This is going to be the entire timeline of the Scripture. So, so hold on, okay. So Joseph says there's a remnant, okay? And this word remnant in, in Hebrew, it's a word that means uh, the descendants of people, but it's almost always used as people that have gone through things that they've, only, they've almost been wiped out, kind of remnant, right? They've been through a lot. And so you, and you have throughout Scripture this idea of this remnant. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple examples. Micah, he says in Micah 2, that I will assemble uh, all of you, Jacob, and I will surely gather the remnant of Israel, I will put them in the, in the sheep of the fold and like a flock in the midst of its pasture. Uh, Mac, Micah also says in 5.8, the remnant of Jacob will be among the nations. We're going to keep that in mind. Among the nations. Uh, Isaiah says, Isaiah 10.20, Now in that day, the remnant of Israel and the house of Jacob who have escaped will never again rely on the one who struck them, but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, the mo- to the money of God. And then Romans 9.27. Go there real fast. Ro- go to Romans. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture. So let's just start. Uh, go to Romans 9. Paul says, and uh, he's actually quoting from Isaiah. Romans 9.27. He says, and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, 
Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. Okay? So this idea of this remnant. So the question is, what's the role of Israel? Why is God preserving Israel? What's God's plan for Israel? Now this affects us. Okay? This is not just for them, this affects us. And to start there, go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis 12. We're going to look at a couple of verses in Genesis uh, to build our, our case here. Genesis 12, this is where it all began. This is significant. This is something like, oh, this is long ago, but this is significant even to this day. Look at Genesis 12. In the first three verses, this is where it all began with Abraham. So when God speaks to Abraham, he has, he has the rest of human history in mind in one sense. He has the rest of, of, of earthly history in mind and then some. He tell, calls Abram. He says, go forth from your land and from your kin and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Okay, that's going to be one of the main points. God's going to use Israel to be a blessing to the world. Okay? Now how does that happen? And the, how does it happen? How does God use Israel to be a blessing to the world? The first way is through the Messiah. The primary way is bringing Jesus, bringing the Messiah, the Savior of the world through the, through the Jewish line, through the line of Judah, right? Okay, so... Um, And, and there's a lot of scripture on, 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 on Jesus being the Messiah, of course. I'm not going to go uh, good into all of them. But um, he promises in, in Genesis, uh, uh, he pro- in Genesis 49, he says, Judah, uh, the, the, the scepter will not depart from you until Shiloh comes, speaking of, of Jesus. Um, Galatians talks about when the fullness of, of time came, Galatians 4, 4, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, bore under the law so that he might redeem those who were under the law that we may receive adoption as sons. And he makes a case in Galatians 3.16 that seed is referring to Christ. Okay? So the first way that the world is being blessed is through their Messiah. Okay? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. Jesus claims exclusivity to heaven. No other way. It's only through Christ. And it's only by going through the man who died on the cross and rose again. No, no good works, no religious duties, no, no self-help program. Nothing of that can save you but Jesus Christ. So the first thing is, God says, my purpose for Israel is to bring the Messiah, and through the Messiah, the world will be blessed. Okay. Now that's significant, right? Because if Christ is the only way, then you can't, the next step, the next part of Israel doesn't matter unless you have the first step. And the thing is this, do you have Jesus Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Does he have your heart? Okay, so... Israel, first purpose, to bring the Messiah. You say, that's been done. It has been done. But that's not the only purpose that God has for Israel. God is also going to use Israel to represent, to rule, to sort of work along with the Messiah 
to, to teach the nations about the Messiah. Uh, when, when Gabriel announces to Mary, hey, you're, you're, you're with child, he, he says, uh, one day he's going to rule over Israel. And that hasn't happened yet. And so, so go, to, uh, go to Isaiah 2. Go to Isaiah 2. Okay? Israel it has a role in God's uh, as a, like a leadership role for, for ruling or for reigning with the Messiah as a representative to the nations. Isaiah 2. Go to Isaiah 2. Watch this. Verse 1. Now the word which Isaiah the son of Amos heard concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it will be that in the last days the mountain of the house of Yahweh will be established as the head of the mountains and will be lifted up above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Yahweh, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion, that's another name for Jerusalem, from Zion the law will go forth, and the word of Yahweh the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples, and they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Looks like we're going to become farmers again, right? Mm-hmm. A nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. Okay, This is indicating that in the future, Jesus as the Messiah is going to reign from Jerusalem, and other nations are coming to learn of him. Now, of course, that teaches us this by implication is that God still keeps nations and peoples. That in the, 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 the millennial reign of Christ, see, some people think, oh, God's just going to make all everyone one nation. But there's a lot of, and I have a ton of scripture that tell you that, that there, in some way you'll have actual nations and people groups who will still come and, and learn and present worship and there will be different uh, aspects of what they contribute that will be beneficial to the world, right? Israel is meant to be a blessing to the nations, and it is going to represent with the Messiah uh, uh, to the world and, and be a blessing to the world. Now, here's what's interesting, is that we look at that, and that's in the far future, right? But it's interesting, in the course of, of Israel's history, let's go this way, let's go... B.C. 80, okay, I'll, go, I'll work this way, okay? So, so all along, God's plan was for Israel to bring the Messiah and for Israel to rule with the Messiah to bless the world, right? Uh, you see this even early on. Look at, um, uh, look at Exodus 19.6. Go there real fast. You guys get your Bibles ready? Or your iPads, whatever it is. Um, yeah, Exodus 19.6. This is early on. I'm going to you know, stay with me, okay, because... Because you'll, you'll see what I'm, where I'm going to here. Exodus 19.6, God says, And you shall be to me... Okay, go back to verse 5. So then now, if you will indeed listen to my voice and keep my covenant, then you, will, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. 
and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay, a priest. And that's God's intention for Israel was that they would be priests. What is that? A priest represents people to God and God to the people, right? They stand in between. And you will be a holy nation. If Israel was obedient to God, they would have the effect of being a holy nation set apart and people would, would respond to that. In fact, go to, go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Go to, to your right, Deuteronomy chapter 4, and verse. let's go to verse 5. I hear like no pages turning. <laughs> I see, I, iPads, how it is. I see how it is. iPads and gadgets. No, it's okay. Will there be paper in heaven or in the new earth and heaven's earth or will it be electronic? I wonder. It will just be mind-to-mind stuff, right? I don't know. I like the old, I like the old fashioned, you know. Hey, we're, we're lucky that we don't have, you know, in the old days, the scroll, you know, they have, they have these huge scrolls. They end up, you know, <laughs> how do you flip your scroll there? You just you didn't do that. Backwards. Yeah, you had to go backwards and forwards. But look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 5. He says, see, uh, wait. Am I in the right place? Yeah, I'm right. See, I have taught you statutes and judgments just as Yahweh, my God, has commanded me that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. Um, and you shall keep and do them for uh, that is your wisdom and your understanding. Watch this. In the sight of the peoples who will hear all the statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. You see that? Israel, if you will follow my commandments and laws, you'll have the effect where people say, y'all are different and there's something good about you, right? There's that potential of being a blessing to the other nations. And that was the intention. Not just having the Messiah come, but having being a blessing of teaching God's ways to the rest of the nations. And you see this in the course of Israel's history. King Solomon he actually sort of fulfilled that to a point. His, the occupation of Israel was fullest. And then you had other peoples coming his way for wisdom. The queen of Sheba comes and asks Solomon for wisdom. But Solomon, here's what happened in the course of history. Solomon, because he married all these women, these foreign women, and followed after their gods, his heart was turned away from God, right? Mm-hmm. And the effect was after Solomon died, the kingdom split. Okay, And that was significant because now... Um, you have you have the kingdom splitting, and then you have the prophets coming in and say, warning Israel, the sons of Israel, turn away from these these false prop or these false gods, right? Turn away from the Canaanite gods, turn away from the, the, the these, and come back to God, right? There was that. There was also warning. Hey, listen, if you don't, the the the, the, the Syrians are coming, the Babylonians are coming, right? So you have all these warnings, but you also had in the prophets a promise that one day. God would restore his people and have the Messiah. There was a promise of a future kingdom uh, that Israel would be restored and ruled under the Messiah and the nations would be blessed. So it's, remember, it's God's intentions all along. Deuteronomy, you have a chance, Israel, to follow God and be a blessing. Solomon, after you die, this kingdom split, and now people are not fully following God. And the prophets come and say, hey, return and they warn, and then they say, but listen, there's coming time when the Messiah will come and there will be a kingdom that will be restored and you will bless the nations. Go to Isaiah chapter 19. Go there real fast. 
Is everyone with me? Okay. Isaiah 19. This is, yeah, well... Isaiah 19 and verse 24. This is significant. Look at this. Uh, In that day, Israel will be the third party with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom Yahweh of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed is Egypt and my people and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance. What does that mean? There's coming a day when Israel will play a role being a blessing to the nations. And these other nations who were used to be enemies, Egypt and Assyria, will come and worship God with them. You don't see that going on today, right? Okay, you turn on the news, and that's a far cry from what's going to happen. And by the way, no man is going to have, except for the Antichrist, uh, a, a pseudo-plan. No one can solve the problems in Israel but God. Right? And don't hold your breath to think that some guy's going to have the answers until Christ comes back. Whatever answer is going to be, it's going to be very fragile and very suspect and maybe by some time. But ultimately, it's only Jesus Christ that will come and bring peace on this world, true peace. And if he can bring peace to the world, which is, that's the test, can he actually do it? I mean, this is the, sta- the, the, the things are stacked up against everyone else. You look at it. I mean, who wants to solve this problem? Who wants to go in and, and try to... We try... But only Jesus Christ will come and do this at the right time. Amos, I'm going to just read Amos. Amos 9 says, Also I will restore the captivity of my people Israel, and they will rebuild the ruined cities. I, this is Amos 9, 14 and 15. And they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will also plant vineyards and drink their wine and make gardens and eat their fruit. And I will also plant them on their land and they will not again be rooted from their land, which I give again to them. I'm going to go on to that point in this, in this a little bit. Now, here's what's interesting. So, so far, so good, right? So along the plan of God has always been to bring Messiah through Israel and to use Israel as a nation to be a blessing to the, nation, to the, uh, to the world. And that's going to happen during the, the reign of Christ. They had opportunities, Lord, to be that, to be that blessing. Okay? If you follow my commandments, other nations are going to be like, wait, this is, this is there's something holy here. They blew it, right, after Solomon died. And so now Christ comes on the scene. Christ comes on the scene, and when he, he arrives as the expected Messiah to do these things. Go to Matthew 1. Go to Matthew 1. Is everyone with me? Yeah. Is everyone okay? Okay. Watch this. Now, let's just stay with me. This is interesting. Matthew starts his, his, his gospel. Matthew 1 1. Just going to read this one verse. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And this one says, Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son of David, kingship, messiahship, the son of Abraham, blessing. And also kingship and messiahship as well, but more messiahship than anything else. Okay, Jesus comes, and Matthew said, he is the long way to king and messiah. He was going to bring blessing to the world. In fact, Jesus, from the start, go to Matthew 4, from the start, what does he teach about? But the kingdom of heaven. 
Matthew 4.17 From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In fact, Jesus presents himself as king. And you guys know the scene. Go to, go to Luke 19. Go to Luke 19. Uh, verse 37. This is Palm Sunday, right? Luke 19. Watch this. So Jesus comes in as the king. Matthew's whole point is this is a long way to King Messiah. In fact, he's, he's, there's destiny for that. Jesus comes on Palm Sunday. And I'm just going to skip on into... Um, uh, he gets a donkey. Look at verse 30. I'm sorry, verse 30. He gets a colt and begins riding on it. Now skip on down to verse 36. And he was going and they were spreading their garments on the road. Now as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, by the way, those of us who went to Israel, we were there. We were at the Garden of Gethsemane area and that road that goes down the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, we were there. He went down that route. And the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God, rejoicing with a loud voice for all the miracles we had seen. And there's what they say, verse 38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Okay, here's the thing. Jesus comes as the king and Messiah, who would, also, who would be a blessing to the world as well, bring salvation to the world. But there's a chance, there's an opportunity though, for God's plan to be fulfilled at this point. Are you guys in Luke? Yep. Okay, go back to chapter 19. Just go back a couple pages. Watch this. This is significant. Now Christ was going to reign all along. Right? right? Christ was going to reign on this earth all along. It's interesting when the devil tempts him and he shows him the kings of the world, he goes, you bow down to me, worship me, because these have been handed over me. And Jesus doesn't bite at that temptation, because Jesus is like, well, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm destined for a greater kingdom. He doesn't say that in the scripture, but the idea is, the devil says, here's my kingdom, and God's destined Christ for a greater kingdom. Well, look at, look, look at uh, chapter 19 of Luke. Israel has their king come before them. Watch this. Jesus rides on a donkey. Solomon rode on a donkey. The idea that there's this, this king of peace that comes to being presented to his people. Watch the scene, watch. Jesus is riding on this donkey. They're expecting the Messiah. Blesses he who comes in the end of the world. Hosanna, right? The whole scene, the whole Palm Sunday thing, right? He's coming to present himself as their king. You got that? And if Israel says, yes, be our king... The course of history is a little bit different. Right? So here's this, there's this, the Jesus is coming. I'm your king. Now, if they accept Christ as king, then he's going to be king over a kingdom, and he'll have his people rule with him and be a blessing to the world. You see that? Mm-hmm. But look what Jesus says in Luke 19, in verse 41. It says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he cried over it, saying, If you knew in this day, even you, the things which make for peace. In other words, if y'all had recognized this day that was significant, by the way, 
Daniel predicted this day, actually, in, in Daniel 9, which I'm not going to get too much into it today because it's a whole other study. If you had recognized it, but now they have been hidden, hidden from your eyes. The leaders actually rejected Christ, right? The leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel rejected Christ. They said, he does these works by the work of Satan. Remember that? Verse 40, where was I at? 40 what? If you knew that in this day that even the things that make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes, stay with me. For the days will come when, uh, when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. That's 70 AD with the, the destruction of, of, of Jerusalem by the Romans. And they will level you, to the gr- level you to the ground. By the way, you can still see the rocks from that time when you go to Israel. And your children within you, and they will not leave you in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the day of your visitation. In fact, go to, I'm just going to tag on to this. Because of that, now this is, watch this, stay with me, right? You guys with me? God's plan for all along was for for Israel, the role of Israel was to bring the Messiah and to rule with the Messiah and to be a blessing to the nations, right? Messiah comes, he comes, presents himself to his own people. And they reject him. He says, y'all didn't recognize this. Now the opportunity was there, just like in Deuteronomy 4. If y'all would obey my commandments, you can be a holy nation, and nations will come to you and say, tell us about this God. But they rejected that, right? And uh, in, in, in Luke 21, 20, look at Luke 21, 20. He says, and he's speaking, speaking about a return, but skip on down. I'm gonna, just going to... He's talking about great things that are going to happen to Jerusalem in the future. But verse 24, They will all fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now we are living in the time of the Gentiles. Now Paul says... Their rejecting, rejection of Christ, they didn't recognize the day of, their, of, their, of visitation. They said no to Jesus. He still, first of all, by the way, he still went forward with the cross. Amen? Because God all along had a bigger plan. It was to bring the Gentiles to, him, uh, to himself as well. Uh, uh, Paul says in, in Romans uh, 11, he says, now if their transgression is riches for the world, Romans eleven twelve, and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Verse 13, but I am speaking to you who are Gentiles inasmuch as that I am apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify ministry, my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them, Verse 15, Romans eleven fifteen. For if their rejection is a reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So though they rejected Christ as their King and the Messiah, that did not put God's plan into jeopardy. What it did, though, is put a pause on Israel. 
God still has a plan for Israel to make them a blessing to the, to the nations. Puts a pause on Israel and now allows the Gentiles to come into the fold. You see that? So in one sense, thank God for the rejection. <laughs> but the rejection doesn't mean that God's finished with what he wants to do with Israel. Israel still has a plan and it has as a part in God's plan. They knew that. The disciples knew that. And Jesus taught on this. Look at um, look at Matthew 19. Look at Matthew 19. Jesus hints at this plan to use Israel still in the future. Look at Matthew 19 in verse 28. I'm just going to grab a drink of water. Because on this side of heaven, there's still thirst. <laughs> on that side, there's a... Matthew 19, 28. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that you, have, you who have followed me, in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, that's kingship right there, and you also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging who? the 12 tribes of Israel. That hasn't happened yet. That means God still is going to keep Israel intact, that God's still going to keep a remnant, like we just talked about the remnant, until Christ comes. The disciples knew that. Look at Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1. This is cool. Acts chapter 1. This is after the resurrection. And Jesus tells them, hey, wait for the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to baptize you. Verse 6, Acts 1, 6. Now, 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 so when they had come together and they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Now, why did they ask that? Because they knew what the prophets said. They knew that the prophet said that Israel is going to reign and have some part to play in the millennial kingdom, in the kingdom with the Messiah, to be a blessing to the world, right? They knew there was still a future for Israel, that that Israel still had a role to play in the plan of God. And Jesus doesn't say to them, what a dumb idea, what are you talking about? Israel's done away with because they rejected me. He doesn't respond that way, does he? He says this, verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has set his own authority. In other words, that's in God's timing. Now little did they know that the Gentiles would be a big part of God's plan as well. Remember Peter in the book of Acts, he sees a vision of this you know, sheet with animals, and God says, basically, in a sense, you're going to share the gospel with Gentiles. He goes to Cornelius' house, and Peter says, hey, you know me, I'm an Orthodox Jewish boy, I never eat anything kosher, unkosher, or never, I never visit anyone who is a Gentile. But God has told me that what he has declared clean, don't consider unclean, right? 
And so now the, 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 the gospel is shared. And, and, and so here, the point is this, is that Jesus says there's still a future, the disciples say there's still a future, and Paul says there's still a future for Israel. He says in, in Romans eleven twenty six, And so all Israel will be saved, just as is written, the liver will come from Zion, and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob, and this is my covenant with them, while I will take away their sins. We know there's coming a point when the nation of Israel, the ethnic Israelites, for, for the most part, will receive Christ. But that's going to come after the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Uh, there's a lot of scripture about that. Roman, uh, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 65, verse 17 through 25. Uh, in fact, maybe I'll look at this one. Hold on. Uh, Isaiah 65. Hey, I'm giving you guys a year's worth of Bible verses today, okay? How's that sound, you know? Um, Isaiah 65, For behold, I am creating a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come, from, uh, or come upon their heart. But be joyful and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for joy. Right now, Jerusalem isn't for rejoicing for a lot of people, right? There's a lot of, a lot of I mean, I love Jerusalem, so but there's, a, there's a tension there, right? Um, and he talks about, look at verse 19. Are you guys there with me? Yeah. Okay. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be joyful in my people, and there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the voice of crying. That hasn't come to pass, has it? Because no. Israel right now, there's a lot of, we, there's a lot of we know that, there's, there's a lot of terrible things happening there. There's going to come a day where that's not going to happen. That's, with all the crying and sorrow is a distant past. Praise God. Amen? No longer will be uh, in it an infant who, doesn't, who lives... There won't, no longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fulfill his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100. In other words, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be thought a curse. In other words, if you die before 100... Something's wrong with that. That's what's going to happen in the millennial reign of Christ. That's going to happen in the future, right? And then there's going to come a time when, there, when death's not there anymore. And he goes on from there. They'll build hills, houses, inhabit them. They'll vineyards, eat their fruit. It goes on from there. And then verse 25, the wolf and the lamb will lay on together, okay? And there'll be peace and children will be playing with serpents. And I don't like snakes, but maybe in that time we'll like snakes better. <laughs> Now here's what's significant. Okay, if God has a if God has a plan for Israel, and we know that one day they're going to come to Messiah. Okay, um, we know that one day they're going to see the Messiah. You can look at Zechariah. Look at Zechariah right now, uh, real fast. Zechariah 12. Go to your right if you're in Isaiah. Zechariah 12, verse 10. He says, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look upon me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. There's coming a day when they will see Christ and they'll realize who he is and what he's done. And their rejection of Christ on that Palm Sunday, right? Their rejection of Christ and say, crucify, crucify later on, that allow God to open the door for the Gentiles, still part of his plan, 
didn't extinguish God's plan for Israel. But in the future, that will come to a fruition when they'll see him. You see that? Now here's what's significant. If God's not done with Israel, you look at the whole course of, of the history from the church on, right? And we were talking about this yesterday at the, at the men's breakfast thing. Okay, Israel is dispersed. At, there's, you know, I mean, there's the, the split kingdom, one thing, and then the, the 70 AD, the Romans come, and then they're just kind of, they're scattered. Uh, during the, I mean, during the, from the early centuries, of the, uh, you know, first couple centuries, they, they got scattered, right? right? Part of God's plan. And you lived during Augustine's time in the 300s, all through the Middle Ages, and they thought Israel was done because you can't go to a country, Israel. There's nobody there. God must be done with it. Until 1948, when Israel as a nation is reestablished. Now, we talked about this yesterday, too. Here's what's interesting. Hitler in World War II wanted to wipe out the Jews, right? right. He came pretty close, didn't he? Yeah. But as a result of his intention to wipe them out, God used that to cause the UN to establish the country of Israel. What he meant for evil, God meant for good. He, what he did was evil, 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 evil. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is he wanted to wipe them out, but God allowed the governing authorities to use what he did to now preserve the Jews in their own land. Now here's what's significant. The promises to God for Israel are always tied to the land. This is significant. Okay, stay with me on this. They're a nation, they're a people, but the promise wasn't just for a people, it's for a people in the land. Okay, go back to Genesis 12. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of close up with this last few points, but go to Genesis 12. This is why God has to restore them back to their land. Watch this. Look at Genesis 12. Now this, you can breeze over this but, and miss it, but I'm going to show you. Genesis 12. Go forth from your house, your father's house, to the land I will show you, Right? And I'll make you a great nation, and in you the families of the earth will be blessed. Go now to Genesis 22, verse 18. Okay, he says, In your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you listen to my voice. Go now to Genesis 26. God speaking to, to Isaac, verse, uh, verse 3 and 4, Sojourn in this land, I will be with you. I will give all these lands. I will multiply your seeds as the, as the stars of heaven. I will give your seed all these lands. Talking about Israel, the promised land. The blessing is in the land. Go to uh, Genesis 28. Go to Genesis 28. Verse 14, this is to Jacob now. Is everyone with me? Is this interesting? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's interesting. (laughs) 
Because the reason why there's a country of Israel is because the promise is always tied to where they're supposed to live, which is the land. There's not a country or it's not a nation without a country or land to live there. This is God's promise. Look at verse 15. I'm going to be with you and and keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. Let's keep walking. Yellow pages have nothing on us, do they? Exodus 19. I already read this verse 6, right? Okay, uh, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 26. Just keep with me, okay? Deuteronomy 26. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm 30, rather. I'm sorry, 30. Deuteronomy 30. My bad. By the way, in Deuteronomy, God predicts, Moses predicts that they'll reject God and be scattered, and then God will bring them back. This is Deuteronomy. He foresees this in the future. And so he says uh, that Yahweh, um, verse 3, then Yahweh your God, Deuteronomy 30, verse 3, then Yahweh your God will return you from captivity and his compassion will return on you and he will gather you again from all the peoples where Yahweh your God has scattered you. Verse 5, and Yahweh your God will bring you into the land where your father possessed, your fathers possessed. Okay, so far so good. Every time they've been scattered, God has always brought them back to the land. Uh, let's, go to, oh, let's go to some prophets here. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah. I know I'm pretty heavy on the scripture today. Next time I'll tell you stories. How's that sound? <laughs> And tell jokes. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I don't. Jeremiah, verse 30, uh, chapter 30, 1 through 3. Jeremiah. The word which came to Jeremiah from Yahweh, saying, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, write all the words which I spoken to you in a book. For behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will return the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. And I will cause them to return to the land I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. I, I, there's a lot more scripture I can give you. The idea is this. Every time they've been scattered, God's promise is to bring them back. Why? Because it's from that land that God's going to have his people reign and rule with the Messiah. And if they're not in the land, they're not reigning with the Messiah. You see that? So God's plan all along was bless the world by giving the world Messiah... The rejection of Christ at the first meant an opening of a door for us Gentiles to come in. Praise God for that. But it's interesting. In Israel's history, they often mess up the first time and they come around the second time. So they reject Christ the first time, but the second time they come, they'll, they'll see Christ and they'll behold whom they have pierced and they'll, of course, weep and repent and everything and accept him. But their rejection has opened door for us to come in. But God's promise to them has always been to make them a nation in that land and for the Messiah to rule there in Israel. So when I said last week Israel's here to stay, it's not just here to stay to do whatever they want to do now. What they're doing now, what's happening today, remember, they're still using 
you know, they're using, they're, they're, they're get, trying to get by to stay by. There's coming a day when the Messiah will rule and say, okay, all your guns and rifles, we're burying them. Y'all going to take up farming because there's going to be peace. True peace in the Middle East will come through Jesus Christ. Amen? And if Jesus Christ can turn that mess, because you know that, all of us are looking at the world and say, how is in the world? And it's, it's like everything's stuck and everything is saying, there's no way that Israel survives. But if God has said, I have a purpose for Israel, I'm going to transform that from a mess to a blessing. And if there is, you look at your life and you wonder, how in the world can God fix me or what I see and face? Israel is a test case of God's faithfulness and his ability and his wisdom to turn anything around. Amen? So as you're looking at world events, we're praying for the peace of Israel, but we're praying, praying, for, we're praying that God's kingdom would come. And when Jesus comes, comes back to this earth, he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. And there's going to be peace. He's going to wipe away tears. No more sorrow. Now here's the thing. We're looking at the future of Israel, but I ask you a question is, where are you today? Because if you're not a child of God... Your faith is not in Jesus Christ. You have no future in that. Okay, we can look back and say, this is God's plan over the course of history, but I'll say today, at 11.15, 14, on October 15th, 2023, where are you today? Because if God has that plan for Israel, and that plan will be done, we can trust our God can get us out of any mess, but we have to trust Him and walk with Him. Place your faith in Christ. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Father, we give You praise, Lord, that that even as we, we look at history from human eyes, we say that's impossible. There's no way. But God, with you, nothing's impossible. And if it's something you want done, it will happen. Lord, we pray for your people, Lord. We pray for the Jewish nation, for Israel. We pray for everyone, the Palestinians, Lord. We pray for everyone. Jesus, you said for us to pray for for our enemies, to bless those who curse us. We pray that the gospel, Lord, would come forth in that place, Lord. We understand, Lord, that there's a lot of pain and suffering on both sides. For whether righteously or unrighteously, Lord, there's a lot of suffering. And and you have called us, Lord, to preach the gospel. You've called us as the light of the world. Right now, Lord, your believers, Lord, are the light of the world. And we do have a part to play, Lord, in the course of history, Lord. Let it be, Lord, that we present the gospel of grace, of peace, and of God's righteousness, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to be led by your Spirit, Lord. And Lord, we just, we just thank you, Lord, that there is nothing impossible with you, that your plan will come to fruition. And we praise you, Lord, that your plan is good, it's righteous, it's holy, it's wise, Lord, I pray for anyone who may be watching online. 
Maybe they don't believe in Jesus yet. Lord, I pray that you would bring them to faith. Today's the day of salvation, Lord. Well, I pray your blessing um, on, on, our, on our church today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't we stand up? We will, Lord willing, return to finish Genesis next week. <laughs> if, I just felt really impressed to, uh, to go in this direction, and I think there's obviously great significance, but um, yeah, God is good. God is good. Uh, if there's anyone who needs prayer afterwards, you know, um, we love to have opportunities for people to pray, and uh, Lord willing, when we move next door, we won't have to have all kinds of teardowns set up with the chairs, so it'll be more time to focus on those kind of things, you know, because sometimes it can be real distracting and be a commotion and all things. You know, not enough time to really process and pray and to, uh, you know, um, or to fellowship even. So, but um, anyway, and we're an imperfect church. I'm an imperfect man who's trying to walk by faith. I am, I, I can't sing and I can't dance. <laughs> That's a, I'm praying for a, a voice in heaven. What I do know is that I, I believe wholly his word. Every single word. I believe it with all my heart. And though I may not see what I want to see happen, right? I, would be, I, would, I want things to be done my way, but then I have to trust that God is working uh, in ways that I can't see. You know, I have to trust the Holy Spirit does speak and His word it will not return void. And He has been faithful as a shepherd to us. And those of us who are younger... Lord willing, I hope you have a lifelong life to look forward to walking with Jesus. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll always be faithful. It doesn't mean he won't allow you to go through stuff. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But he will accomplish his work that he began in you. And one day, 10,000 years from now, I hope that we all get together for some party in heaven and look back and say, praise God, amen. Boy, that world was, world was hard. <laughs> but where's Jesus now, you know? Anyway, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace. My prayer for you in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. See you all in next time.